The Meddlesome Meeples present The Quest Report with Matt and Richard. Okay, so the next game that we're going to talk about is one that we played recently, Inish. And uh, Matt's going to give a brief overview of that. Yeah, okay, it was an area control game. Very good, unusual artwork, I thought, on the blocks and mm. on the cards and everything. Basically, the game is played over two different phases. You have the uh, assembly phase, which is where primarily people are checking to see if they've won, if they've completed the uh, victory conditions. Uh, they are taking some cards for areas they control, and then you're on to dealing the action cards. Now, the action cards are really what the game revolves around. So, the way this happens, we've played this as a two-player game, and you have card drafting at the start of every round. So, you shuffle, you deal three cards, you look at the three cards in front of you, you pick one to keep, you put that down, and you pass two cards to the other player. They then have, are passing their two cards to you, and then you're looking at the cards in front of you then deciding one to keep uh, passing one back and you do that twice so by the time you finish the drafting phase you'll have an action card hand of six cards plus any advantage cards that you might have any epic cards from the from the round before and then you're trying to play those cards to gain control of various territories now the tiles are shaped like this we'll put a couple of pictures up on the in on our instagram page because it really is an unusual shape with these hexes. I'll describe them as best I can. Imagine three strange hexes jo all joined together. You could imagine them almost like a bit of a Y shape, but with really jagged edges all the way around, if that makes any sense to you. They're a very unusual shape. Uh, however, because of how unusual the shape is, it actually really works to the game's advantage. The reason being, with many tile-based games and tile-based maps, the tiles are constantly shifting, but because of the way these are cut, they just lock nicely into position. And they, it's just interesting because they're an unusual shape. Now the cards that you'll play allow you to do different things. So you might be able to move your miniatures around the board. And just as a side note, you have 12 different miniatures to control. Each one are referred to as a clan, but there are actually four different molds for each miniature. So you end up with four different molds. It doesn't make any difference. It's just nice to have different miniatures. And again, we'll upload a picture of that to our Instagram page, or you'll be able to see some of the pictures um, on our YouTube videos. So you'll be playing action cards uh, to be able to put some of your figures, or clans as they're called, onto the uh, various tiles uh, to move them from one tile to another. And if you've got the most clans in a tile, then you control that tile. You are the chieftain of that tile. And if there's somebody else with less clans in that same tile, then you're chieftain over them. And one of the uh, victory conditions is to be chieftain over six or more opposing clans. There's another one to be present in six or more territories. Again, that's really interesting because usually you have to have control of a territory. Here you just have to be present in those six territories. And if you move your clans into a territory uh, that has an opposing clan in there, then that would ordinarily trigger a battle. Although it doesn't have to trigger a battle. Because you don't actually have to fight, do you? You can choose yeah. to fight or not. So you could be both in the same territory. Yeah, so when you, whenever you move into a, a territory, when you move a miniature 
from one territory to another territory, there's always the option to fight. Now, if you choose not to fight, everybody has to agree not to fight. Battle mechanic in here is fairly straightforward, but actually quite interesting. You attack somebody, they have to either remove one of their clans, one of their figures from the board, or they have to discard a card from their hand. So it, it can actually be quite damaging to mm. both parties. It's expensive. Uh, anyway, because yeah. it's very much a to and fro, isn't it? It's, mm. I'm getting rid of one of yours, now you're going to get rid of one of mine, and, and see who controls in the end. Exactly. You, I think I'll stop there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah, you can start combat. You don't have to run to its conclusion, though. If you were going to start a combat, mm. I wouldn't. I don't see why you wouldn't see it all the way through to the end. Mm. Um, but yeah, there is the option if everyone agrees to stop combat. There's also the option to withdraw your troops from combat, provided you've got a territory that you control that you can move into. Also, some of the cards will allow you to take an enemy's um, figure off and put one of yours in place effectively getting them to switch allegiance which is something that Richard did to me almost through the entirety of the game when yeah, we we're going to talk we about that yeah, yeah we, we will be talking about that <laughs> but it's yeah. it's a very fun game there are things in it I mean a lot of people compare it compared it to games like Kemet and Blood Rage from what I've heard in Cry Havoc to me it's very much in its own category because of the way that the combat works the way that the, uh, the action cards work I love the drafting mechanic that's in there there is a lot to this game but it can finish very quickly and I think the more players you've got probably the quicker you'll end up finishing it I mean our game lasted I think three quarters of an hour yeah it wasn't that long but yeah. you, you could definitely finish this game in 30 minutes quite, quite easily and you'd still have a, a lot of fun in that time Richard, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, like you said, I thought it was it was very unique. I don't really think I can compare it to another game directly, like I can with some other games. But the thing I really liked about it was these action cards. As you were saying, we get them each turn by drafting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you get a, a, a good chance to have a look at what cards your opponent has. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you're looking at them and then handing them over each time and uh, although in a th- in a three player game or a four player game they would be it would be harder to keep track of yeah that. in a two player <laughs> game you kind of think well I haven't got this so you must have this yeah yeah so I think playing it two player to start off with was a really mm. good way to learn the game because we saw each card quite a lot of times didn't mm. we so yeah I had a few of my favorite cards as as I like Matt was talking about this new alliance card that is the one that I kept using and it's basically a way of recruiting. So every time you want to bring a new clan out onto the board, you have to use a card that lets you do that. And rather than use uh, one that um, just lets you summon them directly, I'm trying to see uh, which particular one that is, new clans. There's a new clans card there. So you could you could just put one uh, two on the board for doing that. Um, this new alliance card lets you either place one clan, so if they're not quite as powerful there. Or you have the option to choose an opponent with two or more clans in his territory and replace one of his clans with one of yours. I call that the sneaky git card. <laughs> okay. So basically, I was changing one of Matt's card, uh, clans into one of mine. So that ended up having quite a big effect in a lot of the territories. That If there was both of us there, say Matt had two clans there and I had one, suddenly I was the one with the two clans and Matt only had one. So really the effect is very similar to if I just put two down. Um, and it lets me conserve mine as well because you only get... Is this a whole 12, bag of it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's only 12 bag. clans. And what did happen to us is that we ended up... Well... You know what happened by, by the time you got that card. Yeah, yeah. this 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 really annoyed <laughs> me because I just couldn't get this during the drafting, and then by the time I finally did get it, 
I'd already got all my guys on the board, which meant I couldn't actually use the thing. Yes. I couldn't use it to either place a clan or to turn one of his guys into one of my guys. Yeah, because once they're all down, they're down. Once they're down, so, they're down. Yeah. It's not you don't you can't keep adding. You're, you're limited by the uh, the twelve figures. But um, yeah, that made us start to fight, though, didn't it? It did. And uh, <laughs> not 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 because you were so mad about <laughs> and it. And not literally well, in the game. <laughs> yeah, in the game because like we had these cards that ended up being useless mm. because we couldn't actually summon any more clans to the board because we didn't have any in reserve but so really we had to start um, having battles which we might not have done otherwise because there was a lot of territory to expand into there was um, citadels, citadels aren't they? citadels to build and sanctuaries which are just make it clear as well sanctuaries are one of the victory conditions for the game yeah one of the victory conditions is to be present in territories with six or more total sanctuaries now that's not controlling territories with six or more sanctuaries, just being present in six or more total sanctuaries, even if other players control every one. Citadels actually don't contribute towards the victory conditions at all, but it does mean that if you've, uh, if a, someone attacks you and you've got one of these in your in that territory, you can pop one of your figures if you choose to into the citadel, uh, and they won't come out until the battle's actually complete. Which means yes. that by the end of the battle, you'll still have at least mm. one guy left in that territory yeah so you can protect one of your clans in there uh, the other card i was going to talk about was the druid one this was one that i was using in conjunction with the uh the new alliance one because this card actually lets you take a card back out of the discard pile so i was using the new alliance one again so um yeah if the card didn't sound too annoying when we described it before, just imagine that was using it twice every round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was incredibly, incredibly annoying. But, but you know what? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. It, <laughs> I yeah, wasn't it was a good getting yeah. upset thinking, oh, this card is making my life really difficult. Mm. I was thinking, damn it, I want that card. You know? <laughs> yeah, because although we were kind of obsessing over just a few cards, it was the first time we'd ever played. And I think another time we might realise that some other cards are more powerful yeah. if you use different tactics. And also, we've not even spoken about the advantage cards if you've got control of a particular territory be it lost Vale, stone circle one of the other areas you get to have at the start of the um, the round an advantage card which means you've got an extra card to play in your hand which can let you do different things and some of those are very powerful and affect mm. combat quite a bit and also there are things that you can do to get an epic card now the epic cards are even more powerful than either of these and let you do tremendous things um, we didn't go through too many of those did we when we played no. and I didn't want to look through them all because I like the, the surprise of it but the ones that we did see were all really really good and you could um, you could hold on to those until you played it whereas with the advantage cards um, you only had them for that round that you control the territory if you didn't play it then you could potentially lose it if someone took that territory off you. Yeah, if somebody did take the territory, you could keep it for the rest of that round, couldn't That's you? That's right, yeah, and so, you can still use it during that round. Yeah. Which maybe gives you an, an advantage in trying to get the round that uh, territory back. So yeah, just to recap, there are three victory conditions. The first one is to be chieftain over six or more opposing clans. Um, now that's a case of working out how many enemy clans are in territories that you control. It doesn't have to be six territories. You could have two territories and control three enemy clans in each one of those. The other condition is being present 
not controlling, but present in territories with six or more total sanctuaries. And the other condition is to be present in six or more territories, not to control, just to be there. And then there are deed tokens. Now, players can get deed tokens by playing cards like the Bard card or the Master Craftsman card. And deed tokens are essentially like a wild card towards meeting any one victory condition. In essence, you could go, well, um, you've got present in territories with six or more sanctuaries and you're chiefing over six or more opposing clans, but so am I. But I've got this deed token and I can contribute that towards being present in six or more territories and use the deed token to meet that victory condition, which means I've got three victory conditions to your two. It's kind of like a tiebreaker. Mm. Very interesting little game mechanic. It's one I would highly recommend. Um, this is definitely staying in my collection. Mm. One of the things that I liked as well was how easy it was to learn and to teach. Yes, actually, because, like we are saying with the drafting, um, by the time we'd done about two rounds, we'd seen most of the cards, hadn't we? Yeah. And we were just... We weren't thinking about, oh, how do you do this anymore? We were thinking about our tactics and things. So. And the cards explain exactly what to do and how to use them. So you haven't got to go through the rule book and think, oh, what does this do? How do I use this? It's all there on the card in front of you. It, I say, and I think the um, the look of the game is has got a charm to it. Mm. Very beautiful game, very well made by Matago, and uh, definitely one for the collection. Yeah, yeah, it's one we'll have to try and play with different numbers of players as well, isn't it? Really, rather yeah. than just the, the two players. So. Hopefully, we'll be playing it again in the next week or so. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's, that was our thoughts on the game. We hope you enjoy that. Farewell, Quester. To find out about other productions by the Meddlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at meddlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Quester, farewell and keep thine axe sharp. <laughs>